Okay. Good evening, beloved. Uh, so today I'm doing a little, uh, I'm doing a message on uh, a title that not an orphan, but a father's son. Okay. And uh, so we'll start off today and then we'll see if we need another, if we continue this on a Sunday. Today is a Wednesday Bible study. So we'll see if it goes into a Sunday. Um, so I want to start off with uh, just a little, a little bit when I got saved. Okay, I remember the day I got saved when I met Jesus. The biggest rest that I had, and I've shared this before, the biggest rest that I had is that I, I didn't have to worry about my life. Because before that, I was worrying, I was holding all my problems together. Uh, you know, when I was sick, I was looking at ways I had to get healed. And I felt like if I didn't do anything and I didn't take care of myself, that I would die. Uh, all of you know my testimony and it's also on YouTube. I was sick, uh, you know, with anorexia and I got miraculously healed. And then I ate. Uh, after that, it didn't affect my body and that's been 20 years. And, uh, you know, and I, I, so I still remember the day when I met Jesus and my biggest rest was when he told me that I, I, I had a father. And I remember still going to sleep that night, that night knowing that I didn't have to worry about my life, that now someone else was in control. And that gave me rest and that automatically I just cast all my cares automatically next day, first day after three years, I put bread and butter, dipped it in tea and had all in faith knowing that I just knew that God was on my side and that I'm not alone. And if God is on my side, I just knew that he loved me and now everything is going to be okay. And, uh, and you know, that's when the Bible says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And when the Bible says in Matthew, don't worry. Don't worry because you have a heavenly father. I knew I, at that moment, I knew what he meant. And it's almost like automatically I cast all my cares because I had a heavenly father. And I knew that everything was going to be okay. Okay. And sometimes what can happen is you can, you can know Jesus, you get into a relationship with him and after some time you forget your father. Okay. And I want us to come back to that place of don't forget the reason, uh, you know, the entire gospel, Jesus going on the cross, everything is about a father whose children were lost. Someone took them away. Imagine your own children and someone took them away. And now through the cross, what Jesus did on the cross, the father gets, gets to redeem his children back. That's what it is. We're coming back to our heavenly father. Okay. So it's almost like that's how Jesus has called the sheep, uh, the shepherd looking for his lost sheep to come home. Okay. And so don't forget that we were God's children and then we were taken away held captive by somebody else. And then one day through Jesus, we came back home to our heavenly father. And that's the rest we have that we, we've come back home to our father. Okay. Now today I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm going to share a bit, uh, bit about, uh, uh, you know, what the Holy Spirit does in us. Okay. Um, I want you to understand, I've shared this before in the series of I am resurrection. When we were with, with God before, Adam could see something, right? He was in one realm. And the minute he fell from one realm, he went to another realm, which Jesus calls the kingdom of darkness or the realm of darkness, okay? And this realm that we live in, that we are in this world, but not of this world, right? That's what Jesus says. This realm is constantly showing you shadows and illusions. And that's why the Bible says, don't go by what you see, go by, go by my word. And today through scripture, I'm going to show you how scripture unveils and that's why we need to yield to the Holy Spirit and what he's saying is because he leads you into all truth. Okay, so what is the Holy Spirit doing in you? 
he's where is the separation i told you all the separation came in the mind the first place where you were separated is your mind that's why the carnal mind is enmity with god and that's where the holy spirit is coming and transforming your mind into the image of the spirit in you into the son okay and everything comes to tell you no and that's where you're holding on to that promise okay so i've taken the first scripture and then i'm going to talk about uh we go ahead okay galatians 220 and i keep emphasizing that in beloved that's our starting point as a son i have been crucified with christ so the whole cross is identification so when you look at the cross it's not jesus alone who went on the cross the reason why jesus had communion with his disciples before he went to the cross was because he was identifying with all of us so remember he has communion before he went to the cross and then he has communion after he rises up again that's when all their eyes were opened and they knew him on the road of damascus remember that so when he had communion before he went to the cross he was identifying with us that's what it means one body identifying with us okay so when jesus goes on the cross it's not him going on the cross it's you going on the cross with him it's identify uh, identification that's why when he went on the cross you went to the cross when he died you died when he rose again we rise again so look what it says i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i and that word i in greek it means ego and i'll tell you what it means it's no longer i who live but christ lives in me and the life which i now live in the flesh i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me you know the word i have been crucified with christ i have been crucified do you know that that whole word i have been crucified is one word in the greek and it only appears here it's almost like it's a special word that was just done just for this it only appears here so i try to look it up in the greek and i'm trying to i'm trying to divide that word and the whole word i have been crucified is one word in greek and it's that one word sustaudrio that's the word and literally what it means is to crucify together with so when it says i have been crucified it's one word in greek and it says to crucify together with that means one with another that means that word crucify means that someone else got crucified with him to accompany someone with that's what it means so now when you think about jesus getting crucified on the cross you accompanied him that's what it means okay i have been crucified with christ that means jesus didn't get crucified alone that word means i accompanied him with him at the cross and guess who died i died you know that so so then you wonder what is i the bible talks about the old man is old man is dead has been crucified i died that means me all my views all my opinions about certain things i died completely and i no longer exist it's all christ that means his opinions his thoughts his way of doing things that's what is living in me so that's why i keep telling you you know you think it's you and it's not you it's all christ in you and let that be the truth okay it is no longer i that live but christ lives in me and the life that i now live in the flesh i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me so now if you're looking at this verse as the truth it literally means i have been crucified with christ that means when christ went on the cross he went with somebody else that's me on the cross okay it's no longer i that live 
it's no longer I that live, it's all Christ in me. So you think it's you and then you died. You absolutely died, your views, everything died. You think they're alive but they're not. It's all dead, it's all Christ in you, okay? Now I wanna talk about, let's go down in Acts 1, okay? So Jesus' whole, everything, he goes on the cross and everything, everything is about waiting for the promise of the Father, okay? That's in the Gospels where he talks about if, uh, you know, if the son asks for bread, uh, is, if he asks the father for bread, will he give him a stone? If he asks uh, for something else, will he give him a serpent? Okay? And then God says, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, how much more will the father give you? And it's almost like Jesus was waiting for that one thing to come to, to you. And he's talking about the promise of the father and it was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Something about the Holy Spirit that he was waiting for that day when the Holy Spirit would come upon you. So I was looking in the Old Testament, okay, whenever God came, whenever God did anything or when he appointed certain people, the Holy Spirit came and the Holy Spirit left, right? That means there was no union. There was no, there was no such thing as being at home with somebody. There was no such thing as never being alone. You could be separated. And there is something about the new covenant when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit coming into you and you becoming one. That means it talks about the Father and the Son coming and making their home in you. That guys, you will never be alone. That you can never ever say that I am alone. Someone, you know, recently said that, uh, are you lonely? I said, I can't be lonely because I'm not alone. I have the whole, I have the Father and the Son with me and through them the whole kingdom with me. So it's a lie that you believe that you're alone. You can never be alone. And if you can never be alone, then guess what? All the problems that are coming to you, you're not fighting them, it's Christ in you. So you think the anxiety, the, the worry and everything comes because you think you are addressing the problem. And then you forget that you died, it's all Christ in you. And so guess who the problem is coming to? It's Christ in you. It's coming to the Father. And that's why you learn to rest. Okay? So let's look at this, okay? In Acts 1. This is just after uh, Jesus has risen again. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions to the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. Until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Now look at this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay, so everything, 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 everything was about, it's like the greatest gift that God wanted was that he come and dwell in you. That means he become one with you and then Jesus says that me and my father can come and make our home in you. You're never abandoned. You're never abandoned. You're one with God. Now, okay, 
let's look down and i want to we're going to talk about what the holy spirit is doing in you okay this is john 16 the work of the holy spirit but now i'm going away to the one who sent me and not one of you is asking where i'm going instead now i'm reading this from the nlt version okay new living translation instead you grieve because of what i've told you but in fact it's best for you that i go away because if i don't the advocate that is the holy spirit won't come if i do go away then i will send him to you and when he comes he will convict the world of its sin and of god's righteousness and of the coming judgment the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me that means the only sin that you had the world has is not that they do certain things not that they are drinking not that they are uh, you know having sexual relations those are those are sins but the only sin that someone commits today is not receiving christ to be their savior okay so of sin that it refuses to believe in me of righteousness righteousness is available because i go to the father and you will see me no more and that's what the holy spirit is doing in you and me is convicting you that we are righteous that we are sons of god okay and judgment will come because the ruler of this world has been judged in another version in ntjv it says and of judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged and so constantly in every problem that i face i have two things that i remind myself i remind myself one second i am a son and so the way i react to this problem is different the minute i take just two minutes or two moments out to remind myself i'm a son i'm not a disciple i'm a son of god and so if i'm a son that everything is already finished everything is under my feet and so i learn i begin to rest and not fight it i actually still myself trying not to to be too impulsive in the way i'm reacting to the situation and second thing i remind myself is the the ruler of this world has been judged that means this problem has already been judged i don't have to fight it because it's already been fought someone else has fought it on my behalf and even as you learn to rest as a son to sleep in the storm you'll realize that these problems bow down to you okay uh, verse 12 there is so much more i want to tell you but you can't hear it when the spirit of truth comes now see what the holy spirit is doing when the spirit of truth comes this is so real for you and me he will guide you into all truth he will speak on his he will not speak on his own but will tell you what he has heard he will tell you about the future he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me all that belongs to the father is mine this is why i said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me now think about this for a minute he will guide you into all truth what is the holy spirit doing he's telling me a i am righteous i am a son of god okay then he's telling me he's guiding me into all truth all truth that means about a situation whatever is coming my way the holy spirit i'm not going to pray and say god take it away what the holy spirit is doing because the holy spirit is god so guess what god in me is going to tell me about this problem he's going to tell me the truth that's what he is doing he's going to reveal the truth and i want us to i'm going to amplify this okay look at this he says all that belongs to the father is mine that is why i said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me the holy spirit's job is to tell me whatever jesus died to give me everything that belongs to jesus 
that that is why the verse says as he is so am i in this world that means the holy spirit is telling me as jesus is so am i in this world so in our given situation guess what the holy spirit is doing he's only telling me the truth he's only revealing to me the truth now i want you to see the definition of truth in greek okay and so down i've i've i've, I've put the definition of truth in greek that word for truth is aletheia truth okay i'm just going to read this okay truth but not merely truth as spoken truth of idea it says truth of reality sincerity truth in moral sphere divine truth revealed to man straightforwardness now look at the one that i've highlighted in red okay this is from the the origin of that word it means reality as opposite of illusion reality as opposite of illusion so the holy spirit in me is there to guide me into all truth that means he is the one telling me what is truth and so if this is truth then anything that is presenting itself as truth is not truth but it's it's an illusion you know what an illusion is an illusion is something that appears to be real but it's not there for example in the desert if you go and if you see on a road it's if it's very hot you'll see if you're driving very fast and you'll feel like there's there's water on the highway and then you go near and there's no water but to your natural eye you can see it but it's an illusion and so this word is saying that the holy spirit in me is going to reveal all truth to me all truth and so my job is to only believe that truth because then whatever is posing to me god is telling me that that is not truth then that is an illusion and that's the greek definition of the word truth it literally means the holy spirit is telling me what is reality as opposite of illusion that's what he is doing to me that's why i told you when uh, you know when i had a dream about my hair falling i had a dream in which god showed me he showed me an illusion i saw like a shadow on my hand and he said is your hand uh, is does the hand have anything i said no the hand is fine he said so the sickness that comes on you is like a shadow but it's not real and that's the illustration i saw in a dream he was trying to tell me that all of this realm this realm that we live in is showing us shadows and illusions that's why in uh, you know in um, psalm 23 it says though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil because this realm is posing shadows and illusions and if you're not if you're not guided by the holy spirit within then you're looking at those illusions and calling it true that's why you can have symptoms in your bodies but according to god he calls them facts he calls them illusions and that's why anyone who comes to me with uh, you know with with uh, sickness and they'll tell me sickness and i'll say don't say sickness it's a lying symptom it's an illusion of a sickness because god's word is true and so if the holy spirit all the holy spirit is doing right now he's just guiding me into all truth he guides me into all truth and he and what is the definition of truth he's telling me everything that belongs to the father belongs to me okay that means he's revealing all truth to me and so my job is to just believe and rest and even as i'm doing it i'm not fighting i'm simply resting in the truth abiding that's what it means and we we'll go down and see what in greek abiding actually means you'll see that the victory is not of doing anything that these illusions fall off because you are the truth so you have to understand there are two realms that you live in there are two realms there is the realm that is constantly giving you is is showing you shadows and illusions and then is the is the realm 
of the sun, which is true. And so we are in this world, but not of this world. And the Holy Spirit is like your navigator showing you what's an illusion and what's the truth. And so you're going there calling illusions truth and that's why you get defeated. And so now if you learn to rest that no, this is the truth, then everything changes. So the reason I took the bulb, uh, you know, I've given, I've shown you the video. We've been told a bulb is thin and the density of a tile is greater. So a bulb, the density of a bulb is thin, it's made of glass and the density of a tile is greater. And so we've been conditioned to believe that if you take a bulb and throw it on a tile, guess what's going to happen? The bulb is going to break. And then suddenly someone comes and tells me that it may not be true and it might be true whatever you are saying, whatever you are speaking to it. And so I take the bulb and I say in the name of Jesus, when I throw you down, you will smash the tile. And even as I let the bulb fall on the tile, the bulb now doesn't break, but it smashes the tile. So now what did this tell me? Suddenly when I saw that, I realized that I live in a world that is constantly showing me, presenting to me shadows and illusions. And the only truth is the word of God. And that's why I need the word of God to be my constant. That if the word says so, then that's it. I believe it and everything is lying to me. That's why the Bible says in Isaiah, whose report shall you believe? Will you believe the world's report or will you believe my report? And even as you stand on the word of God, you'll realize that another report, be it a doctor's report, be it your friend's report or any, any report given uh, uh, that is given a verdict on a situation that is coming against you. When you stand on the word of God, that report will bow down to you. It's because you are the son, you are the head. Okay. Uh, let's read down ahead. Okay, I'm going ahead to uh, just below. I, I forgot the words. I think I'm, I'm verse 20. Okay, I'm on verse 20 of uh, John 16. You will grieve. Now, this is Jesus is just talking about. He's telling his disciples that he's going to go on the cross. He's going to die. And he's going to rise again. So in this, he says, you will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. I've spoken of these, of these matters in figures, figures of speech, but soon I will stop speaking figuratively and will tell you plainly all about the Father. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came, came from God. I want to read this again. For the Father loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. The Father loves you dearly because you love me. The Father loves you and believe that I came from God. Yes, I came from the Father into the world and now I will leave the world and return to the Father. Then his disciples said, at last you are speaking plainly and not figuratively. Now we understand that we know everything and there's no need to question you. From this, we believe that you came from God. Jesus asked, do you finally believe? But the time is coming indeed. It's here now. 
when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. You are not alone because the Father is with you. There is a difference between being lonely and being alone. The world can be lonely. The world, if they have no Christ in them, can be lonely and can experience loneliness. The lie that you believe that you're alone, that you're lonely, that comes from the pit of hell. Okay? The truth is, you're one with Christ. The Father and the Son have made their home in you. So you can never be lonely. You can be alone and never be lonely. Okay? And the reason why Jesus died on the cross and did all of that, bared all of that, the punishment, everything on the cross, was so that today you can say that you will never be alone. Because the Father and the Son have made their home in you. So anything like that, that's why it says, I died, it's all Christ in me. I'm not alone. Anywhere you are, you're not alone. Look at this, okay? I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here or not, you, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome this world. I want to go back to that little, uh, that verse in 26. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came forth from God. It says the Father loves you dearly because you, because you love me. You know, this is the rest that I have. And I, I tell everybody, if anything is dear to you, it is dear to the Father. It's the same thing what Jesus is saying. Because you love me, my Father will also love me. Will love you. So now, guess what? Anything that is dear to you is dear to the Father and so you can be rest assured. You can act. That's why Psalm 91 has that promise that nothing will touch even your tent. Why? It's someone knowing that they are loved. So anything that you love, your parents, your children, your, you know, uh, your, your job, anything that is connected with you because it's dear to you, it's dear to the Father. And there is like a, there's like a protection over it. And I've seen this in my own life. And that's why I can be carefree about a lot of things. It's just because I know of what I mean to the Father. And if I know what I mean to the Father, then I know what those things that mean to me will mean to the Father. Because I'm the apple of His eye. And it gives me a rest. And it should give you a rest. Okay? Uh, let's go down. Uh, where was I? Yeah. Look at this, okay? Up until, you know, when Jesus was walking with his disciples, all the disciples were coming to him, right? He was the one getting all the answers to everybody. So everyone would come and say, Jesus, heal somebody, and then Jesus would heal somebody. If anyone had any problem, Jesus was the source between the Father and uh, the answer prayer was Jesus. And now Jesus goes and is telling us, after he goes on the cross, after he dies, after he rises again, after you and I have become sons, and he's saying, in that day, you won't need to ask me anything. You can ask the Father directly, and he will give it to you, because now you and I have become one with him. That's what it means. That's the, that's the, the, the privilege that we have as sons. Is that it's not Jesus, he's not the first, he's the first born again, but it says of many other sons. So now, that's why after Jesus rose again, he said, peace I leave with you. And now as the Father has sent me, I also send you. 
And now if you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive the sins of any, they're not forgiven. But it was only Jesus who was doing those things. But now he's even commissioned us to do those things. That's why he is the first born again among many sons. So now our relationship is back with the father. So we were lost. We belonged to the father. We were taken away. The father's children were taken away. Then Jesus comes as the second son, restores all the lost children back to the father. Okay, so now we can have a relationship back with the father. That's why what is eternal life? What is eternal life? How does Jesus describe eternal life? It is about having an experiential knowledge with the Father. So all your life, up until you were born again, someone else, the, the, the world told you what the Father is like. You started calling bad things good. And the devil started telling you what the Father is like. And you had all of these preconceived notions, all these wrong lies. And now the Father is repeating his truth into you. And that's why the first thing that happens, what was the promise? That my God, the father was waiting for his children to come home. You know, what does the parent long for when their children go away? They're just waiting for a vacation. They're waiting for when the children will come home. Do you know how excited it is for a parent if their children are away on vacation? Oh, when is my child going to come home? When can I make you some yummy food and feed you? It's because the desire of every parent is to have their children home. And so I can imagine when Jesus says, when he's redeemed us back, he says that now me and my father will come and make my home in you. So he's living in you because now he's got his children back. And what is the Holy Spirit doing in you? He's, he's revealing all truth to you. Truth, reality. And all he wants you to do is start believing what I'm saying because now you've come home to me. And even as you start believing, trust me, rest in me, then everything else that is not truth, basically that is an illusion and it is a shadow. And don't get, and don't get, allured by it the lust of the world that's what it means don't let your sense strength start making decisions for you let let my word be the navigator and your spiritual eye to make those decisions for you okay and i've done that i'm telling you in my 20 years i've lived my life i've seen things like cancer show up in a report and literally i closed my eyes i went with the word and i called the very thing that i was presenting to me i called it an illusion and i was right it bowed down to me and I learned to rest. I learned to rest. And so constantly, I tell everyone, beloved, don't go as a son. We do not go by our five senses. We do not go by what the world is presenting you because it is all lies and illusions. And the only navigator to tell you what is a lie, what is an illusion and what is the truth is the word of God. And that's where the Holy Spirit says, I'm revealing to you all truth. And the word for truth in Hebrew, it says, that means what's reality and what's an illusion. Imagine, and we call what we see reality. That's what people tell me, but it's reality. It's reality. I said, no, it's the reality of this fallen world that we live in. But the reality of my kingdom is different. And what you call reality of this fallen world, God calls illusion. It's a lie. Pre presented, exalted itself by the devil. And so even as you, you rest in God's, God's word as being the truth, all of these illusions, illusion is a lie. It looks like it there. It basically deceives your eye. Okay? It's tricking your eye to tell you something that is not there. So how did all my sicknesses even go away if they were so strong and if they were there? They were illusions. So it came with everything and sense rem and everything. But even as I rested and I didn't allow the illusions to dictate me, I allowed only God's word to do it. And that's why I said you lean, you, you submit to the Holy Spirit of what he's doing in you. Everything bows down.
the number one thing that everyone, all of you should have rest in your heart is that you're not alone. The lie that the devil will present to you is that you're alone, that you're fighting everything. It's all you, God has forsaken you and everything. But the, if you call yourself a born again son, it means if you made Jesus, if you know that he's God, he's the one and you got born again, then the truth is that the father and the son have made their home in you. You died. It's all Christ in you. He's taken over. He's come home. And so anything that is fighting, it's at least three people fighting it. You're not fighting it. And God has already fought everything. So you're learning to rest. All my battles in my life, all of them, I won only by not fighting. Learning to rest and rest was about not going by what I see. All the illusions that are presenting itself and I learned to rest. I learned to rest. And rest means it's like an endurance. It's holding on the promises. Okay? Now going back to what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. He's telling you of righteousness. He's guiding you into all truth. And so it's so important. That means in a situation, if the Holy Spirit is guiding you into all truth, guess what I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit? What does it say in James? What do you do when you get a trial? Ask for wisdom. It's literally saying ask for the truth. So in a problem, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, reveal to me. You're the one revealing to me all truth. And so guess what he's going to reveal? If you have a symptom in your body, guess what he's going to be revealing to you? All truth. You're a son. It's not in your nature. That's how I overcame rheumatoid arthritis. He started telling me it's not in your nature to have this disease. And even as I rested, everything disappeared. A, 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 a disease that has no cure. He's revealing... He's guiding me. He's leading me into all truth. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. And so the Holy Spirit is telling me everything that belongs to Jesus is mine. How do you and I know what belongs to Jesus? It's through his promises. That's why it says in the Bible that we become partakers of his divine nature through his promises. So then guess what else the Holy Spirit is doing? He's bringing to my remembrance all that Jesus has said to me. So it's not just in the new covenant, all, because Jesus is the word. That means every word, every promise made to Abraham, every promise in the Bible, okay, that belongs to the son is mine. And so he's revealing all of that to me. So in other words, he's just showing me the word. All that the Holy Spirit is doing is showing me the word. It's showing me the word. And so what is my job to do? How did you get saved? Believe. I just need to believe. And truly, if you really start believing, you'll start resting. You start resting. Okay. Um, let's go to verse uh, John 14. Okay. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If you had really known me, you would have known who my father is. Now this is true of you. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. From now on, I do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. Anyone who's seen you has seen the father. Don't you believe that I am in the father and the father is in me? Don't you believe 
that you are in the father and the father is in you shital don't you believe that you are in the father and the father is in you everything about a son begins by faith you start saying this about yourself i am in the father and the father is in me now your mind when you start saying it is not going to comprehend because you're going to be like what i just yelled at somebody i acted so funny that couldn't have been the father and then what you're doing is what you're telling me is you're you're, you're choosing to believe that by your actions and what you've done and that's how our faith operates you first believe it because it is the truth because the truth is you died it's all christ in you and as you start believing your identity by faith you start seeing everything shift you start seeing everything flow out of you okay do you don't you believe that i am in the father and the father is in me now see this the words i speak are not on are not my own but my father who lives in me does his work through me the words i speak are not my own but in another version it says the words i speak are not of my own authority but my father who lives in me does his work in me you know why i've taken this because when jesus described the holy spirit and what he's doing in you jesus says the same thing he says the holy spirit will not speak on his own authority but he will speak everything that i have given him to do he will do in you so guess what the holy spirit is doing you think it's you and it's not you it's all christ in you that's why you can say the words that i speak <coughs> are not of my own but the father who lives in me is speaking those things the father who lives in me is doing everything in me you know i love it that there are a few people in my life who every time i call up and tell them certain things that i do and they they're like it's all christ in you and then i doubt myself and then it's such a good reminder for someone else to remind me that you think it's you but it's all christ you think it's you but it's all christ and they're just reminding me the truth okay and that is the truth just believe that i'm in the father and the father is in me just believe that you are in the father and the father is in you or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do i tell you the truth anyone who believes in me will do the same works i have done and even greater works because i am going to be with the father you can ask for anything in my name and i will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father yes ask me for anything in my name and i will do it verse 15 if you love me obey my commandments and i will ask the father and he will give you another helper another ad, another advocate who will never leave you who will never leave you he is the holy spirit who leads into all truth the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you he's talking about a time because jesus was speaking all of these things because he had not died on the cross yet so he was saying right now he's with you but later he's going to be in you okay no i will not abandon you as orphans i will come to you let this hit home to you no i will not abandon you as orphans i will come to you what's an orphan heart an orphan heart worries an orphan heart has to figure out what my life is going to be 5 years from now and open art has to figure out what am i going to do two two days from now what am i going to do today 
that's an open heart an open heart is taking care of themselves is because they don't have a heavenly father your rest and my rest is that the father came the father and the son came and made their home with us that i'm not alone now that it's my father is with me i'm one with him and his child and anything coming against me is coming against my father that's what it means you become a son of god jesus the first born again of many other jesuses that's why you died it's all christ in you that's why as you wake up to a son it's not a disciple you can read the gospels and constantly see yourself as a disciple who needs to command the storm and then you see yourself as a son and you learn to sleep in the storm it's because you are not a disciple anymore you become a son christ in you you become a son and now for a son the storm doesn't matter he sleeps in the storm the creator will always be greater than its creation the storm is still creation he'll always be greater than it and you learn to still yourself yeah and so there was a time when i used to command and now and even as i learned that i'm a son i began to rest more i stopped fighting i learned to rest and so that it was a labor to not do anything it was a labor to hold my position that it's all been won and so i don't fight and even as i started doing it these lying illusions and shadows started bowing down and then i saw that they were illusions and shadows that's what it means who will believe my report as opposed to the report of the world okay uh look at this let's go down if you love me obey my command commandments and i will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you he is the holy spirit who leads you into all truth who leads you into all reality who leads you into all truth and what is not true that means what is an illusion the world cannot receive him because it isn't even looking for him and doesn't recognize him but you know him because he lives in he lives with you now and later will be in you no i will not abandon you as orphans i will come to you soon the world will no longer see me but you will see me since i live you also will live when i am raised to life again you will know that i am in my father that i am in my father and you are in me and i am in you that i am in you christ in me the biggest mystery of everything christ in me as so you can worry about all things and get all concerned is because you don't believe it's christ in you christ in me i have been crucified i have been crucified that word i is ego that means you your notions everything about you your own man i have been crucified that's why when people tell me their opinions i say but you have been crucified it's no longer you it's christ that lives in you okay um those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me now look at this and because they love me my father will love them now jesus is talking about himself but i want you to see this with as you because they love me my father will love them this has got everything to do with you anyone who loves you my father will love them anyone who favors you there's favor upon them also is because they favor the son okay because they love me my father will love them and i will love them and reveal myself to each of them okay let's go to john 15 the true wine 
I am the true wine and my father is the wine dresser. You know, every time I read the Gospels, especially John, I see Jesus as so leaning on the father. He doesn't take onus of anything. He says, I can do nothing apart from my father. It's all him doing it in me. I am not speaking, it's the father speaking. I am not working, it's the father working. And so guess what? Now, you and I have become sons. And so it's not you working, it's the father working in and through you. That's why the Bible says, it's God who's working in me, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Think about it. If the Bible says, the father and the son have come and made their home in you, what do you think they're doing at home? What do you think they're doing at home? It's all Christ in you working. Who do you think is working? It's all, it's, there's no difference between the way Jesus is walking and now how you should be seeing your relationship with the Father. How Jesus sees the Father and how you see the Father. How he talks about his Father, about his oneness and how you talk about your oneness with him. And what do you mean, right? So everything comes in the mind and the mind says, no, it can't be true. And that's where the believing is. You start believing it, your identity first. And everything comes to test that and you just rest it. You just keep believing, keep believing and then everything bows down. You'll realize it's all true. It's all Christ in you. Okay? I am the true wine and my father is the wine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. The word abide means to make your home. Okay? It also remain, the, the word abide also means to endure. Okay, I'm going to show you what endurance is. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the wine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the wine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. So what does it mean by he abiding in you and you abiding in him? Look at this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Verse 9. As the father loved me, I also have loved you. As the father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. That means make your home. That means remain, endure, hold your position in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. His commandments are now actually his promises. Okay? You will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus abides, has made he makes his home in his father's love. It says in John that Jesus was in the bosom of the father. Jesus is the very heartbeat of the father. Okay, and God tells us to remain in the realm of his love. Constantly know that you're not alone. That you're one with him, that you have a father. The father and the son are with you. You're not an orphan. Long before, you know, you can get anxious or worry about something is deep down, you really feel like you're an orphan, that God has forgotten you. And that's a lie. That's a lie. The truth is that if you're a son of God, you became one with him. You don't exist anymore. You become one. It's all Christ in you. Okay? 
I want you to see the word abide, okay? So I, I took the word abide in Greek and it means meno. It means to stay, to remain, okay? To wait. It also means to endure, to stand. All of these words, to stand, to endure, to remain, are also used in the context of resisting the devil. You know, whenever there's a warfare, and the Bible says we do not fight against flesh and blood, okay? And then it doesn't say fight, it says, and how do you fight? He says we do not fight, it tells you to stand, to endure. It doesn't tell you to fight. How do you fight? It's by standing. All the principalities and powers and might and dominion, everything is under your feet. And it tells you to rest, endure. That word, when it says, uh, you know, all the promises of God, you uh, by faith and by patience, you inherit them. That word patience literally means, the other word in Greek is endurance. That means by faith and endurance, you inherit. So then I realized all of these, how you inherit everything. Like when it says abide in me and my words abide in you. Okay. And then it's saying abide, right? It means rest. It means endure. It means remain. It means hold steadfast. That let my promises, which are in me, let them be in you steadfast. And now hold your position there. Endure. That's what abiding means to endure. That's what rest means to plonk yourself in a seated position. It means rest. That means sit, hold. So abide in me and let my words abide in you. Plonk yourself. Make my word in you like a stronghold, like a rest, like an endure, like it's finished. And that's what it means by the life of the vine growing in the branch. All of these promises in you, you're not fighting for them. They're already yours. You're resting. There is no fight to be fought. It's a rest. It's a position. And then Jesus says, do you know that I was abiding in my father's love? That means I was remaining in my father's love. I was constantly aware and conscious that my father was with me, that he's in me. And if you are conscious every time, remind yourself that the father is in you. Now you're remaining in his love. Now you can go anywhere and know that you're not alone. That you, the Father is in you, remaining in his love, in the realm of his love. And guess what? That's the victory. You'll have many trials and tribulations, but be relaxed, he's saying, because I've overcome them all. My greatest rest is knowing that I'm Father. That's the rest I have and that's the rest I live with today also. The only revelation that he ever gave me was you have a Father. And because you have a Father, I'm saying species. It's not God and man. It's father. That means lion gave birth to another lion. A dog gave birth to another dog. A parrot gave birth to another parrot. So the fact that I can call him a father through Christ, it's another Christ. Father and son. And that's my rest. Okay. And the reason why you land up fighting in prop when problems show up, the Bible tells you to rest, to stand, to sit. When Jesus rose again, the, what God told, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Sit. If Jesus is sitting, you need to be sitting. That's why I didn't fight. I held my position. Abiding means to endure. How can abide? I was looking it up and I was like, abide in my love. And it sounds so good, right? Like, wait, let me read that again. It says, if you abide in me 
and my words abide in you. And so now let me change that abide to endure. If you endure in me and my words endure in you, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, my words remain in you. Now, if you rest in me and my words rest in you, that's what it means. The word rest means you take a promise and then you plonk yourself that it is done. That's what it means. And now everything else is not done. It's not done. It's not done. And you rest and say it is done. That's what it means to abide. That's what it means to make your home in him, in his love. Are you getting it? All of when I've been studying in the new, new covenant, all the fighting, there is no fight, guys. The devil, the, the ruler of this world, what is the Holy Spirit telling you? That he has been judged. He's telling you that you are the righteousness of God. It means that you're a son. That's what he's telling you. The Holy Spirit is leading us into all truth. That means he's telling me I'm a son. Then he's telling me the ruler, whoever is giving you this problem, he has been judged. This problem has been judged. And now what is the fighting? The fighting is to rest. He's literally telling you, don't fight something that has been fought. Start believing. And even as you start believing, you, you land up fighting because you don't believe the word. You go by what you're seeing. And so you land up sending a lot of prayer requests and a lot of warfare you're doing and everything. And you, you, you fight it and there is a warfare. But the way you win the warfare is not really by fighting, it's by resting. It's because it's been fought. And the minute you still yourself, it's like the storm that Jesus was in. Look at it as a warfare going on. And even as you still yourself, and why does he still himself? Because he knows he's the son. You, you, you still yourself when you know, when you really believe that the victory has been done. And so you don't fight someone. You rest. And even as you stand still, like a king who's already won everything, I'm telling you the illusions disappear. I've seen it happened at multiple times in my life and even as my entire journey as a son all I'm doing in every area that I'm not still I'm learning to be still and so there are areas that I'm absolutely still in certain because I know I in these is already one and in some areas I struggle and that's where I feel like I'm going through trials and then I'm stilling myself learning to still myself knowing that I'm a son I don't need to react so much and then all those things bow down to you okay uh, let's go down to Romans 8.26 Likewise the spirit also helps in our weaknesses For we do not know what we should pray for As we ought But the spirit himself makes intercession for us With groanings which cannot be uttered Now he who searches the heart Knows what the mind of the spirit is Because he makes intercession for the saints According to the will of God The first thing that came at Pentecost right? Jesus rose again said the promise of the father what is the promise of the father that, that, that now God, the father can come back to his children. Come and make his home in you. You've come back to him. And now guess what he catches hold of first? Your tongue. Because everything went crazy with the tongue. In James it says the tongue is like a little fire. That it sets the whole forest on fire. It's like the rudder of the ship. And if you can control your tongue, the whole ship is in order. So guess what he controlled first? Your tongue. He gave you tongues. And that's why I told you. Uh, you know, start praying in tongues as much as you can because you're, you're, you're like a rudder, you're bringing everything in order in your life and God uses that, okay? So guess what the, uh, so and this says that when you speak in tongues, okay, the Holy Spirit is making intercession according to the will of God. That means according
according to all truth. All truth. So someone looks at it and says, oh, according to the will of God, that means this is the will, this is not the will. It go deeper in that. What it's really saying is the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit makes intercession for you and me according to all truth. So he is the one, literally, if you're faced with the situation, he might just be saying, you are the healed. You are a son. It's not in your nature to be sick. That's what he's doing. Because we read a couple of verses ahead that Holy Spirit is guiding us into all truth, revealing all things that belong to us, bringing to my remembrance all things that the Father has said about me, that Jesus has said about me. So he's just revealing all truth. So now when it says he's praying, he's making the perfect prayer according to the will of God, it literally means he's praying absolute truth that you need to see about that situation. And that's why sometimes if you're, you know, as a son, it's not in your nature to be confused. And if you feel you're getting all crazy thoughts and confusion coming, coming upon you, just start speaking in tongues because the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. And then things will just come up and you'll just have wisdom and you'll see things. And guess what it says after that? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, you and me, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. This is talking about Jesus, the firstborn among many brethren. That means he's not the only firstborn again. Now there are many born again. He's not the only firstborn of incorruptible seed. There are many others. You and me are born of incorruptible seed. Jesus was the first virgin birth. After him came many. You and I are born of him. Of incorruptible seed. Okay. Uh, yeah. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. All things work together for good for the son. All things. Because you live in the realm of life. Again, there are two realms. The realm of life the realm of sin and death. And from this realm, the minute you got born again, God pulled you out of the realm of sin and death and put you in the realm of life. And now everything about your life, trust me, your end result will always be life, even if you messed up. Even if you messed up. You know that you're a son. It's by blood your relationship. Don't let condemnation come in and pull you down. Come back to that place of I'm a son. You shake it off, you dust it off. Okay, it's not in my nature to do those things. You dust it up, but come back to the place of sun. Don't let condemnation hold you down. And all things work together for good to those who are called. That you're a son. So you realize, you realize the end result, oh my God, it's still life. Yeah, too bad. You asked Jesus to be your father. You came back home. That's the result. That's the penalty where everything always leads to life. That's the good news. That's how good your father is, you know. The rest is that we, we, we were taken away from our father, guys. Someone else had us and now we've come back home to our father. And now all that the Holy Spirit is doing is telling you that your father, every time reminding you, you're not alone. You're not an orphan anymore. Your father, so cast that care because it's all taken care of. You're not in this world. You're, you're in another realm. And in this realm, guess what? We are not orphans. We are father. And if you have a father, that means everything about your life is already taken care of, already prepared, already finished. You know, recently I've been getting the awareness that even before the problem shows up, the solution is already there. It's already there. 
Jesus, when he had to, uh, you know, the, 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 the supper had to be prepared for him, that he was going to break bread and everything. It was already a finished work. He just told the disciples what to do. You find a guy with a pot on his head, follow him, go ahead. Oh, I have to go, uh, you know, go down, fulfill a, a prophecy. And so he had to go down, sit on a donkey. So he told him, go ahead, you're going to find a donkey. There. Everything about Jesus' life is already a finished work. And so even when the demand came upon him, pay the taxes for you and your disciples, he tells Peter, uh, whichever disciple, he told him, go to the sea, the first two fish or the fish that comes up, open his mouth, you'll find the money for you and for me. It's almost like when a demand came upon him, the supply is already there. It's because he is the supply. That's why try not to react and react to your problem so fast. You react to a problem because you forgot you're a son. And in that moment, be conscious that you're a son. Remind yourself, one second, I'm acting like a human being. I am a son. And so if I'm a son, then everything about my life is already fathered. And so if this problem has showed up, the solution is already there. And you'll realize it is there. And even as you learn to rest and just be calm, you'll realize everything is already orchestrated and all things are turning around for your good. All the problems like you try to make a problem and then because you're in the law of life, all of this problem comes back to get fixed and just be dissolved. Okay? And it's just in that rev. It just fixes. Like you just can't do anything. It just comes back. Nothing can be broken. Everything is restored for a son. Because you live in that realm. It's called the realm of the father. Your whole life is fathered and that's your rest. You can rest knowing that you're loved. You live in the realm of his love. Okay? Look down what it says. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, that means if my father is for me, if my father is for me, who can be against me? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for me, shall he not with him also give me all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Who shall bring a charge against God's beloved? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for me. Who shall separate me? Who shall separate Priya? Who shall separate Dipti? Who shall separate Sheetal? Who shall separate Cyril? Who shall separate you from the love of Christ. What can separate you from your father? Shall tribulation, shall that problem or distress or persecution or COVID or anything as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, you, me, I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor principality, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate Priya from the love of the Father, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me read that again. Nothing shall be able to separate Ditti or Sneha from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
covid can't separate you from the love of the father which is in christ jesus our lord nothing can separate you from the love of the father which is in christ jesus our lord you live in the realm of the love of the father the biggest rejoicing that he had was that the father you were lost children scattered imagine a father who's lost his children and now jesus went and that's why he sent jesus go bring my children back and so jesus comes dies on the cross and now all the children come back to the father and now jesus says me and my father come and make our home in you and guess what the holy spirit is not just going to be on you now we're going to come and live in you and you died it's all me and you and now no one can snatch you away from me no one can snatch you away from my father's hand because we become one with you you're absolutely one you're not alone you're not abandoned that's why on the cross jesus cries out in matthew 27:46 about the ninth hour jesus cried out with a loud voice saying eli eli lama sabachthani in hebrew or greek that is my god my god why have you forsaken or abandoned me left me the holy spirit left him because he had become a sin offering on the cross okay he gave up his spirit why have you left me the father turned away from him and then jesus says i give up my spirit right he dies and he rises up again is so that you and me today are never ever abandoned and so imagine the cry of the son why have you abandoned me okay but now if you are saying this how many times in our lives can have we felt that we are abandoned but then that's a lie is because jesus was abandoned so that you and i can never ever be abandoned so the truth is the father has made his home in me i'm one with him and so if i'm one with him and if i die then it's all christ in me and so if jesus walked and every problem that came to jesus he overcame everything Jesus never went through any trial. The only wilderness experience that he had, and it's called the temptation or the trial, in other words, is the devil making him doubt he's a son. And when he can't get him to doubt he's a son, Jesus is going in everything else, bowing down to him. So the same way you and I now we're not abandoned. The Father is with us. We're one with the Father. And so if we're one with the Father, then every other problem we are not fighting because Jesus is not fighting anymore. He's resting. He's sitting. and it will start bowing down to you and that's our rest making our home in christ in the love of the father okay so i want you to know don't ever feel that you're alone you're not we're not you can you can think you're a son and still think you're trying to become a son and god is out there the very nature of the son means you don't get to be a son if the father is not living in you okay without the father there is no son and without the son there is no father so the father and the son came and made their home in us and that's why he is in me and so now i started saying in anything that i get i'm reminding myself christ in me christ in me and so anything coming to me if it's christ in me oh christ is not fighting this christ is already victorious over this and so i learned to rest and even as i learned to rest and what was christ's victory he saying that the love of the father may be in you as the love of the father has been in me remain in my love and abide in my love even as i abide in my father's love that means he's constantly conscious and aware that he's not alone that his father is with him 
And that's his victory over everything that the father is in you. That you're not alone, that you have a heavenly father who loves you. Okay, and that's your rest. So uh, we close today in prayer. Let's make a prayer. And uh, I want to pray for everyone. Let's give a, a, a tithe offering. What a spiritual tithe is, just the way you tithe with your finances and things like that. A spiritual tithe is of all the revelation that you received right now, of all the understanding and the increase that came into your mind today, into your soul, you give, by faith, you give an offering of that to the Father. You give a tithe of it. Okay? And it increases. Okay? So right now, I want everyone to say this. Jesus, you are my high priest. And right now, I bring a tithe, a spiritual tithe of all the increase that you've given me. And I just worship you with it. And just begin to pray in tongues and worship you with it. Father, I just pray for everyone listening today that even my greatest moment was when I met you, that I knew that I was not alone, that I had a father, and not just a father, but that, that you loved me, that I was your beloved. And that everything was going to be okay. And that I just knew that you were on my side. No matter what. And Father, I just pray that you will settle it in our hearts deeply of how much you love us. That we constantly, every day, walk in an awareness that we're not alone, but we're one with you. That we are father and sons. That you made your home in us. And that we can never be abandoned. The devil can speak to our minds that you're alone, that you're fighting this, but no, Father, you're one with us. And so teach us to rest, Holy Spirit, reveal all truth to us and help us, Holy Spirit, to rest, rest in your love.